This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 107 of Bleeding Blue, and we are back. We are reading Ernie Paladino's If These Walls Could Talk, and what we are talking about today is Victor Cruz, Mark Herzlick, Dan Reeves, Tom Landry, Jerry Jones being an asshole, and Wellington Mara not being happy about it. So, without further ado, let's bleed. Blah, 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 blah. Snacks, we're trying new things. We're trying new and interesting and fun things in terms of our audio stuff. Um, so we no longer have the capability of a soundboard, but producer Justin will work hard to put things in afterwards. Um, Snacks, how are you doing today? Really, really good. Um, I have spent all Sunday, which is today, the day we're recording. I have spent all Sunday on my deck trying to get a tan for this pasty white body. Um me and my dad played about three hours worth of cards, uh, kicked his ass. Don't tell him I said that. He still thinks it was like close, but no, I kicked his ass. Uh, had a good weekend, had a really nice time Saturday, yesterday with my friend at his, at his sister's house. Overall, a really nice weekend, and today I'm feeling even better. My brother has stirred up a gorgeous smelling batch of meatballs, so we are having macaroni and meatballs for dinner tonight, and I cannot wait. Wow. How are you I doing? I can't beat that. I can't. No, you can't. I know. I went down to um, MJ's bar yesterday for a friend's twenty second birthday. Old co host of the show, Michael Bokra. You have to be you. You have to be like a. Oh, he he was the co host of like the first fifteen episodes or something like that because he used to do Yankee stuff. So you have to be a really long time listener to know Michael Bokra. But Michael Bokra turned twenty two. Dallas Cowboy fan, so he would never be on the Giants episodes. And we went down there. Beautiful place, by the way. Matawan, New Jersey, right on Route 34. It's a beautiful view of a lake. Um, They got this, like, hurricane drink where it, like, has a hint of raspberry, but it's purely just out, like, it's just alcohol. It's, like, two shots of various different hard liquors, and my friends got that. I was the, I was the DD, so I told them, you guys better, you guys better fucking have a good time here. So that's what we did last night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, make it worth it, right? Make make it (laughs) worth it. Um, But I can't beat your, your day and your night. I can't beat that. No. No, good, good time. Yeah. Um, I decided to take my shirt off outside today in, in the sun because yesterday my my good friends two uh, two younger nieces were were calling me Casper mm. and the friendly ghost it was offensive. Yes, if you didn't get the reference. Oh, you, sna- all right. So we're using video now, and Snacks just flashed me his nipples. Yes. How white? How white? Yeah, because this, re- fa- this isn't. You, you, did you see a reflection? Uh, sheesh! I I I was ready to yell Casper right there. I'll tell you what. It's disturbing. Um, Snacks, I'm still recovering. My my shoulders are still recovering from the 4th of July where I'm a I'm a snake. It's bad. 
Listen, you're getting old, buddy. No, it's just that I'm I never go outside anymore. So the one the one to three times every single year that I do get sun, my skin just freaks out. It freaks out. Justin, welcome to my world. If I step outside and there's sun, I have a chance of skin cancer within five minutes. Sheesh. Oh, that's that's what a what a transition that'll be. Um, great segue, right? Great, this is see, this is this is why you get paid the big bucks snacks to give these podcasts. Segway snacks, baby. Segway snacks. Is that what they is that what they call you? Oh, that's who I am. Yep. That's who you are. Um, so now what's interesting about having video, obviously, if you're listening, you're, you're going to be listening on the podcast app and you can't see this, but I'm trying some new things out for Talking Giants and eventually Bleeding Blue. We'll eventually use stuff for Bleeding Blue, too. But um, the great interesting thing about us seeing each other now is that we get to see what we do while we record and while we talk to each other, unlike Zencaster, which we never got to see. So Snacks is doing Snacks is doing something right now, but he has his like little what, what do you what do you have? Like, a, it's not a strength ball. But what? It, no, it's a um, it's like one of those forearm things, like those forearm pressers. Wow. So whenever I try and record, I try to. I actually do this all the time when we record. It's funny. Now you I never. Yeah, because like it. I said, I, I never, I never, I never was able to see it. So, um, yeah. but great, great segue when Snacks was talking about skin cancer, because part of the one of the stories that we're going to be talking about today, and we teased it two weeks ago, was Mark Herzlick. Mark Herzlick is a cancer survivor, and we are. I'm going to give you the floor. To tell whatever you want to tell about your, because you are a cancer survivor yourself, Snack. So I'll give you a I chance am. to tell your story and whatnot, and uh, and we'll have some fun with that. We, we also have Victor Cruz. Um, I'll pull up, I'll pull up Victor Cruz's Pro Football Reference page, and depending on how you feel about Victor Cruz, you can either laugh or cry about how it didn't last longer, or just laugh about the memories that we have. Um, and then we'll go back. The so. Were those two stories are basically a wrap up from the Star Turns chapter, which is just the random super random stories about giant superstars chapter, and then we're gonna peek and we're gonna put our dip our toes into the pool of chapter seven of gods, generals, and full bird captains. Now the reason why I don't want to do more stories from that chapter today is because I was briefly going through some of the stories in, in later in that chapter, besides the the Jerry Jones, Tom Landry, Dan Reeves story. Besides those stories, I really want to do some research and I really want to be prepped on my end to describe some more things because they're such good stories. They're very in-depth stories. So we'll catch up today. We'll get back on track so we're not like in the middle of a chapter for Ernie Palladino. And then eventually snacks, snacks. Training camp is in two weeks. So we may we may put Paladino aside for a little bit. We're going to have a training camp episode, and that's going to be a lot of fun because you have been to the training camp uh, facility up in Albany. Yes, yes. I used to go as a kid. My dad took us two years, two years in a row. And, Only twice, but it was still awesome. And I have gone almost every single year, you know, that it's been either Timex, the Timex facility, or now it's called the Quest Diagnostics facility. So, you know, every almost every year that it's been in East Rutherford, I've gone, so unfortunately there's no fans for training camp this year, but you can write down some notes. I will give you some tricks of the trade about if you want to go to training camp and if you want to take your kids to training camp, if you want to take your little cousins, or even if you want to take a girl, if you, wanna, if, if you have a girl that likes the Giants, sure. Dumper. But I'm, but I'm saying I know a lot of the tricks of the trade about where to sit, what to look out for, and things of that nature at Giants training camp. So I'll, so we'll give you some friendly words of advice. But unfortunately, nobody's going to be allowed this year. So it may not even fucking matter. Uh, yeah, but we'll I give mean, you we're, we're not going to have a football season anyway. So Stop why let, it. Why Stop let, it. Why let fans into training camp? 
stop it. So we'll, anyway. we'll talk about training camp two weeks from now, and we'll do some other fun stuff uh, through through the. Hopefully, maybe there'll be a preseason. I don't think there's going to be a preseason, but you know, we'll do some fun stuff throughout the preseason, regardless of whether there's football or not. We'll we'll keep it topical and we'll keep it relevant here on Bleeding Blue. You know what? I, I do got to say before we get into it, I'm sorry. If there's no football or not, we might be the biggest podcast in the country. That's a bold take. <laughs> well, not the country. The biggest giant podcast, because think about it. Think about it. We're not doing anything recent. Yeah. We're doing Giants history. So Now, I know we haven't been the most... Fuck DeAndre is... Baker. Go ahead. Whoa. Whoa. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to make sure I got that out. Go ahead. Um, few few weeks ago that I was very active within like making Giants history videos and stuff like that, and I've kind of slowed down with it since. Um, just because I don't really... I'll be honest, like right now until training camp starts, I don't really feel the need to post a lot in social media. Right. But there have been way more accounts and way more people posting Giants history stuff since we started our podcast. I'm just saying. No one did it before. No I'm one just did saying. it before. No one did it before. But it, people did it like here and there. But now it's like. It's their boom, shtick. Every day. Their every shtick. day. Right. Every day. And I'm like. Hmm. So you got to think of yourself as a pioneer. No, we're pioneers. We started, we started off watching old games. Which was a lot of fun until you made me and David watch the Giants versus Bears game, which was about as painful a football game as I've ever watched in my life. You know what we should do? We should do a rewatchable, and the full game is up on YouTube because it's before 2009, so it's not on NFL Game Pass. Which we game? should watch the Week 16 game, Giants-Panthers, where Derek Ward went off. I would love that. That's such a good game. That's that's. I think they dropped like two or three before that, right? Because this is after this Plax is after Plax sh- ago. shot himself, yeah, and they they were they were reeling, they were reeling, and then they and lost the week after. They were like eleven and one. They need they they should have wrapped up home field like week fourteen. They just couldn't win a game, and then the Panthers, who were pretty solid, I think they was still Jake Delhomme at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daylight Cohen, you got a Delhomme. Shout out Chris Berman, but um, that was a hell of a game, and there was like no field goals. It was what every score was a touchdown, I believe. I think it, well the final score it was, was twenty eight. It was twenty. Well, it was twenty eight twenty eight going into overtime. Oh no! It was thirty four to twenty eight. That was the final score because yeah, the Giants yeah. walked so it I think off every with the, score with touchdown the and Brandon Jacobs touchdown. Right, and Derek Ward went over like two hundred yards, but he did it on like fifteen carries. Yeah, yeah, just it's like beast did it. I, I would love that. That's a really good rewatch. I think we should do that soon. Yeah, because uh, uh, put, put I that never up, even thought of that. Put that up with um like two thousand seven week seventeen against Pats. Mm-hmm. If I'm just thinking about. Not Giants wins, not Giants losses, but just good, complete, fun, entertaining football games. That's one of them. You know what else is one of them? Probably the most entertaining game I've ever watched, but it was one of the most heart-wrenching too, was the Giants versus Saints. When Eli and Breeze combined for like 14 touchdowns. It was like 54 to like 45 or something. That's a game I wouldn't mind watching again. Yeah, yeah. Are games more fun... When teams are scoring, because the reason why I picked that Bears game snacks is because I thought that was an awesome football game, dirty offensive game, but I thought it was an awesome defensive performance from the secondary. We talked about Webster. We talked about Terrell Thomas, and then obviously the defensive line putting that absolute, you know, uh, clinic, clinic on Jay Cutler and the the two other quarterbacks that came to the game because we just knocked them all out. Yeah, but the shit out of I thought that was an awesome game from start to finish, but, but then like rewatching it. It was like, okay, nine, what, Giants had 11 sacks that game, and like, what, nine of them were in the first half, which was yeah. like an NFL, which was an NFL record, so. And then Cutler goes out, it was just, 
No. Yeah, so is our our games just flat out more entertaining in your in your brain? In your brain. And maybe that's a bad question, but hopefully you know where I'm going. I know, I know, I know what you're saying. I know does exactly a game does a game have to be entertaining if it's high scoring? No, it doesn't at all. I don't think so. Um I think you could have You know what? A perfect example. Go back and look at the Giants versus 49ers, the NFC Championship game 2012. I feel like there was what a lot was of scoring it? in that. It was like 20 what was it 23-20? That's not a lot of scoring. That's like a normal football game. It had it had everything you wanted, though. It had big offensive moments. It had huge defensive moments. It had a little bit of everything, in my opinion. So, like, to me, that's like a perfect football game. You have a little bit of something of everything, if that makes sense. A little bit of something of everything. A little bit of something of everything. Does that make sense? I'm You're finding, looking at the score. I'm watching. I'm finding the game right now, and 20, the final 20, score 20. was 20 to 17. You're right. 2017, even better. Like, you you said it was high scoring. No, but you remember big key offensive plays for both sides. Like, Vernon Davis went for like a 75-yard touchdown up the sideline. I, I could have sworn he first said that quarter. Pass. Never did. Yeah. It was first quarter. It was it was 73 like yards. You're, you're so, insane. Yeah, I know. I'm a, I, I, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, what was the second score of that game? If if you do this, I, I'm – because Snacks and I are hanging out next weekend. So, um, hopefully – um, what was the yes, second well, score? I would that really game? like that. Um, what was the second oh, score of that game? You put me on uh, the spot. You put me on the spot. Hold on. You're insane. If you can get this, Manningham scored in the fourth. Yes, he did score in the fourth. I think the Giants tied it at seven. They kicked a field goal. No, they kicked Tell a field. They they did kick a field goal, and it was the last thing that happened in the first half. But there's one scoring play. The Giants scored a touchdown early in the second quarter. Was it if you can't, if you can't get it if you can't what, what did you just say? Bear Pascal. God damn it! And I'm seeing it right now. I'm seeing it. Whereas uh, when last week when Snacks and I were talking about like the the records that teams had yeah. the records that teams had over the last decade, and I didn't know if he was looking at a, if he was looking up at, up anything, which is offensive. I saw him on Zoom. He did not look anything up, and he randomly guessed that Bear Pasco scored. That's the first not randomly. Touchdown. I knew Pascal scored that game. I couldn't remember if it was <sighs> where it was. I have no recollection. You know what's funny? I think I I think I drank like thirty Keystone Lights that game. Too. Jesus! Oh my god! Um, all right. So I'm glad because at, <laughs> at first, at first, in terms of my answer, to my question, I'm glad because I thought for a yeah. second that David and you. We're just so starch on. Oh, there needs to be scoring for a game to be no. entertaining. No, there absolutely does not. I um, I would another game I'd love to rewatch the 2002 win and in game against Philly. That was 10-7. but mm. I remember being like nine, ten years old and thinking that was like the greatest football game ever played. 10-7. There's no scoring there, but when the scoring needed to happen, it happened. So it's kind of something like that. Anyway, go ahead. I- I'm with you, and I think that might be a new segment where you could just uh, quiz me on something on on the spot. Oh, we didn't do a speaking of segment. Um, do you have to apologize for anything this week? No. I have to apologize for something. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. I just want you to stay. There you go. And I, I, I have actually, to apologize for nothing. I have to apologize to you. I do. Because my I so I I picked up my sister uh, um, on Saturday, and my sister has autism. She lives in a group home. She's like twenty five. She's like twenty five years old, but she has a social security card. 
you know, because you know, she's not working, but the you know she, the the government you know gives Still her have to have it. Yep. Right, yep. right, right. She has she has an income. So with that card, you know, we go and we get lunch, you know, and we we, we do some things for her. So whenever I go, she loves McDonald's. She likes a, a chicken sandwich and a French fries. That's like her reward. That's like her, her reward for you know for you know, being good and everything like that. So I told I told my mother that I okay I'm gonna come home and have lunch. I've been having McDonald's too much. <laughs> then we went to McDonald's and snacks. I can eat like chips, double cheeseburgers. Oh, here like, we go. You, not, you not, got not, after me on the White Castle. I know where you're going. I know where you're McDoubles, going. Not McDoubles. Not McDoubles like with the Mac sauce and the two yeah, bread yeah, yeah. and I the know. lettuce. That's that's loaded. I know. But just the cheap they, double you get them cheeseburger. On the menu. Yeah, just the cheap like double they cheeseburger with the pickle and the ketchup. I'm simple. I love it. I can eat those like chips. So I was like, oh, I've been going a lot because I've I've been going to visit my sister a lot because we can't go in the group home because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I have to take her out um, and we drive. We go for a little drive. We go to McDonald's and I've been going there a lot. So I, to- I said on Saturday, I was like, I can't. I've been going way too much. I went and I did it and I got him. And I'm thinking to myself, I am no better. I am no better than Nikki Snacks. And I no, have to you apologize are not. for him. No, you were not. And I appreciate that apology because I was really hurt and offended by you coming after me when I ate those White Castles twice when it wasn't my fault. That was your fault. That's 100% your your fault. Okay. That was my fault, but the White Castle was also your fault. No, it's not. I told you why it wasn't my fault. (sighs) I cannot believe your ignorance on this. All right. Are you ready to talk about some Mark Herzlick? These walls uh, could talk. Yeah. If these walls could talk by Ernie Palladino, we're. We're we've slowed down a little bit because last week we, we obviously we didn't read it. Um, yeah, we that, were having fun Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> that talking giants episode that we keep on talking about it will come out eventually. Uh, I, you ho- know, uh, uh, I don't even I don't think it will. I don't think it will. We're hoping it comes out on Thursday um, because Talking Giants has a schedule of Tuesday Thursday. So Tuesday's yes. episode for that is going to be DeAndre Baker because yeah, see ya. You just waved. Get the fuck off my team. Now, immediately, I'm going to have to, I mean, I'm not going to apologize for my wait and see take, but I'm going to apologize for my, he's not going to go to jail or he's not going to go to prison card. I mean, he, he still may not go to prison or jail, but he's not going to be a giant. Well, I'm sure he won't do that. No, no, it doesn't matter. He's a scum. He's a scumbag criminal. Um, so, but I'm not going to apologize for being logic for thinking with logic. Like I can't stand the celebration. You you studied that stuff and you knew more. I'm sorry to interrupt, but but you're a hundred percent right. You you were looking at it from a logistical base where I was looking at it from like an emotional take where I don't want that kind of player on my team. That allegation right away before even knowing the facts alone, I said, get the fuck out. Don't yeah. want you. Don't need you. Get away from me forever. I'll spit on you if I see you. That's yeah, that and was also, my thought process. And also the people that were celebrating, when you have the take of, oh, but they paid the witnesses off. Because people, I will admit, people had that take after the affidavits came out. Yeah, I, Bobby's I gonna get it. so mad at me that I'm talking about this right now. People, <laughs> people, um, people were saying on Twitter, "Oh, but they paid the witnesses off." But at that point, when you have that take of, "Oh, they paid the witnesses off after that like bond hearing and after everything was looking up for Baker and not looking down," yeah, you have that take because you're grasping for straws, not right. because you're yeah. like, "Oh, this is what I actually think happened." No, because you were the one that said, "Get this guy off my team. He's a piece of shit." And then, then you're saying, "Oh, but he paid the witnesses off." You're not right. You you were right. Congratulations, but you're not 
right because you were actually thinking with your brain. So no. it's an easy thing to say. That's going to be the rants that I'm going to have on Talking Giants. Where like, well, it's a good preview. It's yeah, a good preview. Yeah, good and I will stuff. say, if I'm allowed to, Talking Giants had a blast with you and Bobby. I really did. Yeah. Um, I know me and Bobby kind of went off the cliff. We, me and Bobby kind of went off the cliff at the end. We were just literally just shooting mm-hmm. the shit for for like 15 minutes, and that was a lot of fun. So, uh, Bobby, I know he listens. So, thank you very much, buddy. Justin, I will never thank you for anything. So, how about we move on? Yeah, 20 minutes in. Here we go. Um, <laughs> it's what ul- we do, man. It's what we do. The Ultimate Survivor. Mark Herzlick... Mar- Her- Whoop. Good start. Mark Herzlick stood on the sidelines in street clothes during Super Bowl 46, watching his teammates accomplish their 21-17 win against their Patriots. He'd had given anything to be on the field with them. Well, almost anything. The former Boston College linebacker had already achieved so much more than a, than a Lombardi trophy just by making that 2011 team. He beat cancer. Signed as an undrafted rookie on the urging of John Mara, Herzlick was a long shot to even continue his football career, much less play on a pro squad. A pain in his left thigh in the spring of 2009 turned out to be a rare form of bone cancer. It started as a twinge, but it became a screaming, searing, sleep-depriving agony. Doctors identified it as Ewing's sarcoma, a rare and potentially deadly cancer. Fewer than 400 patients contracted every year in the U.S., and 30% of them don't make it. Suddenly, Herzlick went from a potential first-round draft pick to a 21-year-old just wondering if, if he'd ever see 22. It's a feeling where your whole world is taken away in 20 seconds, Herzlick said. The only thing Herzlick knew was this. If he did make it to the other side, the 6'4", 240-pound All-American linebacker was determined to continue his football career. That was my end goal, he told ESPN. Whenever I had a bad day in chemo, when I, when I was in chemo and sitting in that chair for six hours, a one-inch needle in my chest, bag dripping over my head, that's what I thought about. He took a huge risk to ensure that possibility. Instead of undergoing a traditional treatment that would have ended his career, replacing the femur with that of a cadaver. Herzlick opted for an experimental course. The original femur was left intact, and they attacked the cancer with intensive chemotherapy and radiation. Major radiation. 50 rounds twice a day for five weeks. After that, surgeons ran a titanium rod down the inside of the bone to reinforce it. Two bolts held it in place. It worked. On the day doctors declared him cancer-free, Herzog received a call from Patriots linebacker Teddy Bruschi, who had come back from a potentially career-ending stroke. Of his many pieces of advice, one in particular stuck out in Herzlick's mind. He said, Mark, be proud of being a survivor, Herzlick said. So during the draft process, the Eagles, the Ravens, and the Giants, they all stood atop of a list who thought that he was still worth the risk because he did go undrafted because of the health concerns. A call from Coughlin on the day the 2011 lockout was lifted clinched it. He tried to become a Giant. They asked me to come here because they wanted to see if I could play football and not to see if I was over my cancer. So Herzlick basically after that went on to have a pretty successful career in the NFL as a backup here and there, but also as a special teams contributor. He was pretty much a heart and soul, the Giants team for a long time. I know a lot of fans and a lot of people sometimes gave him crap as being like a, a, a contributor of like being a you know a, of of getting a charity, like a free, a ch- almost like a charity a charity thing. roster spot yeah which yeah. we would make fun of uh what's his face um Nate Stupar for that half in 2018 the, half the giant roster right now yeah yeah but so so there you go but that's that's the story of Mark Herzlick and basically how he overcame cancer and how he got his roster spot with the Giants so snacks reactions and go into if you go into whatever whatever story you want to tell yeah absolutely I never realized how intense that his treatment was that what you said is extremely extremely intense that's almost unlivable 
honestly. Like, that's kind of like a death sentence. And people do forget Boston College is where he went, correct? Yes. He was really fucking good. Uh, excuse my language. He was really good. He was going like to be a said, first, second, third round pick? Yeah, he was one of the best linebackers in the country. And all of that in a blink of an eye. And you're fighting for your life, not fighting for an NFL roster spot. Um, Mark Herzlick is definitely an inspiration as not even to me because, I mean, I'm 27. So the only chance I got the NFL is uh, if I could kick the ball 60 yards. But anybody that's down and about can easily, not easily, not easily. Nothing's easy about it. I shouldn't say that. But you put your mind to it, put your wherewithal into everything, and you work hard, you you recover, and you do all this, you could do it. I, like you said, I did have I did have cancer. Um, not to the extreme as Mark Herzlick's. I had stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, I was trying to get – I had a concussion my sophomore year of football, high school football, and I went to go get cleared because uh, at that time you needed a, a neurologist's clearance to, to – play the next year so i went to the neurologist and they found a bump on my neck minor whatever as they're check, you know neurologists check out the head they check out the neck whatever they see uh they see a little bump i said okay a little suspicious could be mono could be just a small lymph node whatever i'm 16 i have no idea what the fuck they're talking about excuse my language and um so i did a biopsy i did an ultrasound did all these things and it came back negative nothing and it's funny we brought up uh, the old Giant Stadium because it's there where I was tailgating and my friend hugged me and he felt my neck. He went like this. If you, you could see me, right? He went like this. And he goes, dude, what? My neck was like the size of a ball. Mm. It was like a golf ball in my neck. So they didn't catch it early enough. Uh, luckily, I didn't catch it too late because it was stage two. Um, so I did seven months of chemo and then a month of radiation. And it was, it was miserable. But I didn't have stents put in like Mark Herzog. I didn't have 50 rants. I didn't have any of that. Um, what I had was like, you can't say cancer treatment is a walk in the park. But compared to Mark Herzog, it's like a walk in the park. And he was just somebody that I was so happy was able to stick with the Giants. Um, no, he was never the same player. He was not very good defensively. But the man was heart and soul, like you said, of the team and the special teams. He was a great special teams player. You need guys like that. Look at the Patriots. They have like three special team aces. And they're the best team ever assembled, ever created in the last 20 years. So a guy like Mark Herzlick is somebody that I will always resonate with, always love, always appreciate. And if I ever saw him in person, I would thank him for his contributions to this team because this this was my junior year, early junior year. I wasn't allowed to play high school sport. I couldn't play football. I tried to play. I couldn't do it. Couldn't get my white blood cell counts up. Couldn't play baseball. Couldn't play anything. Loved playing sports. Couldn't do it. So it sucks. And I know what that could take from you from a high school level. Imagine being an all-pro at Boston College, being a first or second round pick in the NFL, and having the wherewithal to actually come back and and beat cancer and then go play in the NFL. It's amazing. And I tip my cap to Mark, and that's my spiel. Love you, Mark. story that you have to tell now is... So you you got some you got some opportunities to Yo oh, yeah, I was hoping you didn't bring this up. You was you were hoping I didn't. Mhm. But you did, so we got to go with. Go ahead. We, it's perfect. It's it's very fitting. That you, that was you, that was an emotional talk. Now let's get into some humor. No, but you have the opportunity to either talk about the good moments 
of where like you were at Giant Stadium and you were on the field, you know, when you were 17 and stuff like that. Or you have the opportunity to talk about the bad moments. And this is arguably where the good not, moments. Not where the not where the the insane snacks fan starts, because the insane snacks no, fan no. started in two thousand. Yes. But at least like in person where you like established yourself. Okay, yes, you're right. So So you have you uh, have the you have the choice. To tell well, the good I'm, story I'm going to say it as quick as possible because I know we have other topics to tackle real quick. Um, one that involves a dancing guy. So like I said, I had cancer and I was 17 at the time. And um, Hackensack, Hackensack University Medical Center, the greatest hospital in America. You can't tell me otherwise. They are. Um, my social worker comes up to me and they said, they said, Nick, you're, you're eligible for a Make-A-Wish. And... You know, we all watch the Make-A-Wish things on ESPN, like with the sports players and the athletes and everything like that. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm 17. I'm, what, what are you talking about? I'm eligible for Make-A-Wish. I, I'm in my, I look at my in my cancer room with all my little buddies because it was a children's hospital still at the time. So I'm like the oldest guy by like 12 years. I see like five-year-olds, four-year-olds, 10-year-olds. And I, that breaks my heart more than, than anything in the world. I'm like, no, th- give it to them. They're like, well, don't worry. They're getting it too. It's like, all right, whatever. And two Make-A-Wish ladies, beautiful ladies, beautiful people, not they weren't very attractive. But anyway, um, <laughs> they, they come beautiful over. Beautiful on the inside. Yeah, well, I just let you know. Yes. So they come over and they're, they're explaining to us what Make-A-Wish is, blah, 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 blah. Anything you want. Any, anything you want. Literally anything you want. And I said, all right, that's awesome. That's really awesome. I'm honored. I'm humbled. And. Um, I guess if I have to deal with eight months of bullshit and seven months of being bald, why not deserve something? Right. Uh, but whatever she goes, she goes, we're going to give you two weeks. You think about it. You talk to your family and everything. So they leave me and my parents talking and my mom goes, Oh my God, a cruise to Italy, two week vacation. My dad goes to Italy. Let's just go around the world. Let's do all these things. And I'm sitting here like, okay. Yeah. Okay, buddy. You guys, you think that's what you're going to get, huh? That's what you think you're going to get. You make your wish, mom and dad. My, my wish. So they come back and they go, what do you want? And I had not told my parents at the time. I said, don't worry, I got it. I got it. So they come back two weeks later. They're sitting on my deck again. Uh, we had sauce and peppers that night too, I remember distinctly. And they go, what do you want? Write it down. So I wrote it down. And they, it says write a description like why you want it. So I write. I have always wanted to call myself a giant season ticket holder, even for one year. So the wish is, you write it out, giant season tickets for the 2010 season. It was the first year I met like, um, naturally that was Deshaun Jackson, the last game I saw in that stadium uh, that year. Anyway, anyway, regardless, regardless, my parents saw that and they literally got up and they're two like old school Italian people and they're screaming and yelling, what, what, what? You're wasting it on this? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And the Make-A-Wish ladies are like, oh, this is your son's wish. Let's talk to him. Does he want it? (laughs) And they go, Nicholas, do you want it? And I said, it's the only thing I've ever wanted was to just be called that. Because like we have talked about, I was on the waiting list forever. This was my chance to finally be a season ticket holder. So anyway, the grand and your father probably got a call anyway, but they bumped up the tickets like ten thousand fucking dollars. Yes. So then he was yeah, like, "Yeah, it that. actually it happened." Yes, it did, and it was it wasn't even like remotely possible. So, um, so we get we get a call. Make a wish goes. This is the cheapest 
make a wish we have granted in about 10 years <laughs> or whatever Jeez. it was. It's not maybe that's like five years. So they gave me they gave me a check for a thousand dollars to spend on food and everything on the table, which I bought my first car with. So that came out of that. And they gave me they gave me field I passes. Thought th- I thought a thousand dollars would only be good for food and drinks for about four games at MetLife Stadium. It would probably be good for about a game or a quarter. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, and they gave me field passes too. So I'd be on the field before every game, pregame, two preseason games, and all eight regular season games. Justin, do you know how many games I lasted before they uh, took that away from me? Um, you've told me before. I'm going to say three. I eviscerated Tom Brady. Came up to me, said something. I didn't spit on his face, but I pretty much, it's pretty much what I did. Told him to go mm-hmm. fuck himself. Um, Brandon Jacobs was actually turned out to be one of my best friends. Me and him DM. Well, we used to. On my old Twitter account, we used to DM on Twitter. He, he follows me there. Um, Amat Bradshaw was a great friend of mine. Keith Bullock hated me because he was signed for the Giants for one year. I told him he's fucking terrible. He's over oh, he's over the top. He sucks. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Jeff Reed, former kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I still owe him 40 bucks. I screamed out loud, Reed, you, you, you P word, you know, mm-hmm. ends with the Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, you wouldn't be able to kick a 60-yard field goal if your wife was hanging on. I don't want to get into it. Oh, wow. It. Yeah, you know, I don't want to get into it. Oh, and my. He kicked it. He drilled it. <laughs> he probably would have been good from 70. He comes over. He goes, where's my money? Where's my money? Did you say, good for I'm going to give you 40 bucks if you drill this? Yeah, I said 40 bucks. That's the bet. And um, You my should favorite... DM him. You should see if his DMs are open on uh on Yeah, Twitter. I should. I should. Let's see if he remembers that. And then my favorite part was, <laughs> do, you me- you- <laughs> do you remember do you remember disgraced owner of the Carolina Panthers, Jerry Richardson? Sure. Whatever he got, like I think he did like some racist stuff or, or oh. whatever he did. Um, 2010, they played the Panthers the first game in New MetLife Stadium. And yes. it, it rainy was, day, you know, bad day. Yeah, it was not a fun day. Giants win, but they did win. Everybody, you know, they come, they shake all our hands because we're all lined up. And he comes up to me. I said, "Son, I, I said, sir, go fuck yourself. Your team sucks. You're a disgrace oh to football." God, that was it. You were ruthless. I was never on the sidelines after that, and that's a true story. That is a true story. I, I had a make a wish. I could have got anything in the in the world I wanted to. I could have got a Stone Cold Stunner delivered to me by Stone Cold Steve Austin on Monday Night Raw if I really wanted to. I wanted to be a giant season ticket holder for one year. I did it. I got kicked off in the sideline in three games. Not proud of it, but not mad about it. And I got my first car with it too, ninety five Toyota Camry. So that's that's unbelievable. We really we really did go from one end to the spectrum to the other. Yeah. Oh, I I told you. I know. It's, I heard the Keith Bullock a... story. I didn't hear the kicker story. I guess I forgot about Brady. And definitely, the only two owners that I really recognize, I guess by, like by if I saw them on the street, would be Jerry Jones, John Mara, Bob Kraft. No, not even uh, uh, Robert Kraft. Yes, Robert, Robert Kraft. Kraft. Yeah, uh, Robert Kraft. Yeah, Robert Kraft. Bob. Yeah, I guess you guys are on that good level where you can call we each are, other yeah. Bob and yeah. Nick. Um, well, when I beat your ass twice, I I can call you Bob. Yeah, you can call you Bob. So, but I I don't think I would recognize Steve Tish on the street, and definitely wouldn't recognize any other owner. So, did you I, I would intentionally Tish, yeah. look up pictures of people that you would meet and then berate them? No, I knew exactly who he was as soon as I saw him. You're. This is this episode. I, I should title this episode "Snacks is Psychotic," because between <laughs> Bear Pasco, uh, knowing the score, knowing how many yards that Vernon Davis touchdown is, and now this that you just knew, you just knew these people. You didn't even have to like. Even I would have trouble recognizing it's Keith. Two thousand ten. I still had a BlackBerry. 
Google didn't work on my BlackBerry in 2010. You, you did index cards, and you would study it the night before. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just knew oh who Jerry God. Richardson was. All right, you want to talk about Victor Cruz? I would love to. Yes, please. That was okay. a lot of me talking. I'm sorry. No, no, that was we 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 need good that. stories though. Good stories. Yeah, good stories. And they're all they're all factual, so you can go fact check with some of my friends that you'll see again at, at Giants Tailgate if there's a football season, which there won't be. So I may even opt out. Um, the salsa and the Hinoceros. The Giants have never had a Lambo Leap or Mile High Salute as part of their post-touchdown repertoire. They've never even pulled out a cell phone from the goalpost, patting as Saints receiver Joe Horn did during his Superdome touchdown celebration in 2003. But that doesn't mean an organization more known for its steady consistency and conservative attitudes hasn't had its spicier moments. The Giants, too, can dance. Snacks. Not bad, Paladino makes me laugh sometimes. Since since Cruz started making regular visits to pay dirt in 2010, fans at MetLife Stadium began roaring Cruz. Their excitement built because they knew Cruz would spread a little salsa in the end zone afterward. But on September 16, 2012, Cruz heard none of the sellout crowd as he danced after an 80-yard catch and run in the fourth quarter. There were no spectators, no Buccaneers, defenders, no teammates. Just Cruz and his grandmother, Lucy Molina the woman who helped raise him while his mother Blanca Cruz worked. She was the woman who taught him how to swing his hips and do the salsa the right way. Cruz went into that game with the heavy heart. Lucy, 77, had died that Monday and his salsa was for her. It was almost like the place kind of went silent, Cruz said. I was just there dancing right with her. Right as I was done, I kind of looked up to her and I held my hands up to her, letting her know that that one was for her. Cruz's dance, one of ten he would do in the Giants' 9-7 and non-playoff season, went down as the year's most touching moment. But it, but it wasn't the only touchdown dance. The season saw the unveiling of the Hinoceros, concocted by congenial fullback Henry Hynoski after his first career touchdown in the season-ending 42-7 win against Philadelphia. Here's how he performed that signature dance, as Snacks is showing on camera right now, but you can't see it. He put his thumb at the top of his face mask with his middle finger bent, and the others extended. Snacks, you stop doing it as I'm describing it. Um, shuffled his feet three times to imitate a rhino's charge, and then swayed to the right, then to the left, then to the right again, then to the left again, and then to the right one more time. <laughs> Paladino. Then he stood back and absorbed the MetLife Stadium cheers. Not every player, however, busted moves that brought the world to its feet. Coughlin and several teammates of running back David Wilson, then a first-round draft pick, draft pick became irate when he started doing backflips <laughs> in the in the end zone defensive captain uh tuck actually had a talk with him reminding the speedy back that his services were better on the field than attraction in some hospital which which is where he would he could have ended up with a mistimed leap the ironic thing is is that didn't david wilson have a have like a career ending neck injury neck injury yeah it, great great picture yeah. do you do you think that's do you think that's a little bit ironic how they would give him those warnings and he didn't. Maybe he did a backflip and he landed on his neck, but it wasn't on the football field. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, that's about as ironic as it gets. And it also, David Wilson was the start of a run of atrocious, atrocious draft classes. Jerry Reese, outside Victor, of Odell Beckham. Atrocious. Victor Cruz even got his stomach in knots. Sorry. But Wilson always regarded the criticism as a bit of overcautiousness. Again, the, the irony. I've been yeah, doing him since really. I was three years old. It's like easy. It's almost like running for me to jump and turn back. What? It's almost like running for me to jump and turn backward. Okay. 
um, Defy Gravity. What? Yeah, wait, wait, I've been, wait. what? I've been doing it for a while, so I think people can relax a little. Um, okay, Bucko. So there, so there you go. So there, okay, there you go. That's a, that's a story about Henry Hanoski, David Wilson, and more importantly, Victor Cruz. Snacks. I want you to guess something. So let's continue this stretch of you being a, of you being a, a, a psychopath. I hope I get this one right. I don't want. Um, so Victor roll. Cruz, Victor Cruz in 2011 had an insane yards per reception. So typically you'll have a, a receiver, a good receiver, average, you know, over 11 yards catch, 12 yards catch around there. In 2011, yards per reception, what did Victor Cruz end off with? Ah, see, I'm not, I'm not good with this stuff. I'll say 18.7. All right, well, it's 18.73. Wait. It's 18.73. Are you kidding me? To- Justin, I'm putting my phone up. I'm putting my hand up right now. You see my hands? I see your Do hands. You, see, you see? Well, you only see one. You see my hands? I see your hands. Okay, I'm going to FaceTime you right now. To no, I don't to- want you to FaceTime me. That's going to take up time. I'm just. I want to show you that I lit. I couldn't have looked that up that fast. Oh my god! Just take a picture. I don't, of your, I take a picture have, of your screen so I can make a video. I'll do it right now. I'll do it right now. I don't have Pro Football Focus up or anything. Wait, are you? You're kidding. Pro me. Football Focus. Uh, you know what I mean. Pro Football Reference. Pro Football Reference. Yes. Don't don't disrespect. Don't disrespect. No, me I like hate that. PFF. They could suck my. I I like PFF, but Pro Football Reference is my bible. Yes, I know. It's my I football bible. Wait, eighteen point seven three. It's it was eight, his yards per reception in 2011 was 18.73. You know it's all right. So uh, Vincent Rapasi already has me blocked. I don't care about saying this on this podcast. He sucks. I was looking up his his tweets today because I sometimes do that to people on on another account where he doesn't block me, and it's the Bob Papas calls. So Vince, if you're listening to this, go block Bob Papas calls, and and then suck my balls. I sometimes also look up giant insider tweets too because I'm because blo- I they have me blocked too. Uh, I don't do anything. I don't do it. I'm a nice guy. I don't do anything. Um, you are a nice guy. You're too nice of a guy sometimes. Go ahead. Sorry. So he did. He might have recently had a tweet about that. And you may have remembered that because you're not blocked by Vince. And I think you follow him. I probably missed that. I miss half of your tweets. That I is don't true. Like you scroll do. through, I don't scroll through Twitter like that. I know. Your snacks, snacks is my biggest fan, yet he misses 75% of the, I do. the smart I do. things. Every that single I tweet I see, like if it's a video, I won't even click it. I'll just like it. I'm just, you know. So I definitely didn't see, it. and I, wow, you know what? People, people are gonna think I'm lying. Like, they, at this point, yes, people are going to think that you're lying. You know what? As Russell Buffalino used to say to Jimmy Hoffa, it's what it is. Okay. It's but isn't that is. insane? Because here, because here's the thing with Cruz, right? That so is an he, insane stat, by the way. He he never had a season where he even got over, I think maybe 90 catches. Which that's no, insane. No, he's, he was never he was never a guy like a Steve Smith type of guy. No, no, and Steve. Well, also Steve Smith only had one season where he had over a hundred catches. Anyway, well, yeah, um, you know, I I should have said a Steve Smith type season. Yeah, but also that just wasn't that just wasn't Gilbride's offense. Like no, you know, you not. look you look back at these Giants receivers, and especially Nish. you were thinking you would think in twenty eleven that oh you would have one Giants receiver get over a hundred catches, but you don't need to be getting over a hundred catches if you're averaging literally twenty yards per freaking catch that's insane insane. insane. he also did not have a single game where he had over 10 catches he had one game with nine catches and then the rest were under eight that game where he had nine catches was against new orleans and we lost that game 24 to 49 anyway this is all in 2011 by the way yes um insane that's 18 yards like what was what was golden tate's average because golden tate is also known as like the yak, the yak king, right? Yeah, he's the yak king. In 2019, he averaged 13.8. 
which that's that was the best in Golden Tate's career since 2013 with Seattle, where he had 99 wait, catches. Wait, what was it? 13.8 yards per reception. Year. Yeah, this past year for Golden Tate. With Sir Dimes? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I hate Golden Tate. Yeah, I don't like Golden Tate. I, uh, I don't like Golden Tate. The thing is, just the, not a good person to me. The thing about Golden yeah, he's a bit of, yeah. Bit of, or, Fucking we can, whack We can talk about that. that that's, a, that's a fade the public topic. That's not Yeah, a, you're right, you're right. That's, you're not, right. A, that's not the stuff. You're right, you're right. You're um, right. Sorry, sleeping sorry, sleeping sorry, with sorry. other players' wives. Um, 2017, 76% catch percentage. 2015, 70% catch percentage. Every single year between 2014 to 2017, he had over a basically a 68% catch percentage, which that's what I that's what I thought the player that we were getting. And then last year he had 57% catch percentage, and he was a receiver that never got any separation. Anyway, that's that's your 2020 Giants analysis. Victor Cruz was really good. Victor Cruz was really he was, good. Well, he Big was, play he guy. Was really good for three years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really even, good. I think he went like. I think he went like eighty five catches, eighty seven catches, and then he like yeah had the three, like the three years yeah the three years in a row he where he had eighty catches and then twenty thirteen was seventy three which is again that's insane how you know that um <laughs> after that he never got over fifteen yards per reception you know in no. twenty fifteen he got fifteen yards per reception well you got to remember only... too Justin half these rookies like they'll come in at twenty one years old he wasn't I think he was twenty four when he first stepped on the field for the Giants yeah twenty twenty four twenty five and the thing about Cruz in his 2011 season, it wasn't until week three where he, he broke really out. broke out. So he basically Didn't had... Hickson get hurt week two? That's why he really stepped in? Yes. Towards it, towards it, Dominic Hickson tore his ACL on an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous catch in the end zone against the Rams on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was the twi- It was the where he bobbled mm-hmm. it up in the air a few times. Yes. Yep. Towards so, ACL in that play. Yeah. So... He basically, I'm even gonna. I mean, obviously, Cruz had that one big play. He had the one big, well, he had two touchdowns in that in, in that Philly, Eagles game. He had two huge plays. But he basically almost lost three games of getting first team reps for right. the Giants in 2011. So maybe he gets closer. He definitely gets over 90 catches if he has that extra, those extra for two sure. games uh, easily. Yes, so, easily. So there you yeah. go. He might so even be a he probably a hundred yard uh, or a hundred catch receiver that year. Yeah. Good yeah. for Victor. Good for Victor. I um, a good giant and a good man, a lo- local kid, and it's nice that uh, I know he signed with the Bears at the end, but you know, yeah, they didn't make the roster. It, it was nothing. He was yeah. a giant for life. He he had a stint of five or six years with the New York Giants. He won a Super Bowl. Get out, man. You yeah. you Victor Cruz Salsa. Now he does media. He does all these things. He's set for life. He's set is he in life. the Ring of Honor yet? No, right? No, he's not. He I think he should be though. Ah, ah, I don't think so. Never mind. I think they I, should put. I I I am spoke of, too soon on that. I am of the take where they should put Knicks, Manningham, and Cruz all in as one. No, not as one as individuals. Wait, wait, you, hold on, hold on. We might have to end off on this. Um, no, I want to. Uh, I want to tell. All right, all right, we're, only, right. we're only we're only like fifty minutes in, so I, I oh, do want to. Oh, okay. I I thought we were like two hours in. Okay, never mind. No, there is no way in God's creation. You could make an argument for all three of those guys to be in. The only one would be Nick's, uh, uh, Cruz, just for his story and everything itself. Hakeem Nick's could have been the best receiver in football if he stayed healthy. He had one completely and utterly dominant year. Mario Manning had had one completely and utterly dominant postseason. He was nothing after that. I know. So how are you, in God's name, trying to convince me, trying to convince our listeners that? 
all three of them should be in the Ring of Honor. You want to put a Ring of Honor? Put Barry Caulfield in there. Yeah, I guess if I guess if we're putting Mario Manningham in there, then we got to put some other people in there, right? Yes, because you know why I said Barry Caulfield? Why? Because the Giants Twitter account made an underrated underrated player post the other day, and you commented Barry Caulfield. Yes, well, I I, I did say that, but no, that's not why. I guess it ties into it. Anyway, we were talking about celebrations, Cruz's mm-hmm. salsa, the rhinoceros, Barry Caulfield's taser dance. Oh yes, he made a sack was the best sack dance ever. Not even close. It's not even close. I think I found it disturbing as a child. I like it now. Oh, it's awesome. By the way, by the way. It looked like he was having a seizure, so I think it scared me as a child. I'm like, is he okay? <laughs> Fucking awesome. He didn't sack the quarterback much, but when he did it. But, uh, speaking of which, real quick, before we move on, are we like D-TAC? You know how there's like like DBU, like Ohio State? They got oh, we're D-Tackle U, yes. 100%. We're D-Tackle U. People yeah. forget about how good Jonathan Hankins was. Barry Colfield. Fred Robbins. If Jerry and, Reese can just come back and draft us D tackles, I'm I'm happy. That gold mine. Gold mine. All right. If the game of football game. was centered around defensive tackles, the Giants would be the fucking 85 Bears. If the, if the game of football, it, it, our team right now, as presently constructed, was in 1985, had, we would dominate. Nobody would run on us. Nobody. No, and we we would be the we hey you want you want a really homer take this is the homer take the 2020 Giants if we if we put them in 1985 they're the 85 Bears that great defense and Saquon Barkley's Walter Payton I hope you saw my I head apologize turn. I, I hope apo- you saw I, my head turn I I that's gonna be the thing that I'm gonna apologize for now it's gonna be the thing that I apologize for next week I'm sorry I know Good. we we largely have we don't really have a very young crowd listening to this podcast no um, we like we like older people. We we do because I'm I'm an old man and we already and know if anybody's is... and if anybody's in North Jersey just DM we're uh, let's go get some drinks we love our yeah. listeners go yeah. get some food get some drinks well not now what do you mean there's outdoor dining yeah I guess there's outdoor wear a fucking mask let's go yeah um, oh uh real quick I'm sorry I apologize I, no uh, quickly but we'll move on but I apologize that was not that was very bad that I said that by the way that that totally disrespects the 85 Bears yes it does it absolutely does now you just made me. Not remember what I was going to say. Sorry. Hold on. You're going to have to cut this. We're done. To... Uh, no, we're d- I, I, you know what? Here. here. What? So, no, no, I, I don't, I don't feel, I, I changed my mind. I don't feel like telling you. I, I want to save the, the Wellington Mara and Jerry yeah, Jones I story think next that, week. That, that's got more guts to it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So and that should be the first thing we do next week. So, uh, all the, th- so here we go again. You're listening to the end of the episode and you're, wa- if you're waiting for a Dan Reeves, uh, Tom Landry and Wellington Mara Sorry. and uh, Jerry Jones story. Uh, here we go again. We're not doing it. Um, blame snack, blame snacks because he goes off when he no, starts talking. No, this was wonderful. I really enjoyed this conversation, but so now we're officially back on track. Like we're done. We're not starting in one chapter and then going to another chapter. Right. We're all back in track again. We're on chapter seven of Paladino. Um, but well, so snacks, we're going to have one more episode of Paladino and then we're going to have our training camp episode. Yes. And then I'm excited may- for the training camp one. We should do that one in person. We should maybe take voicemails. Um, we may have some fun with some episodes from there. So we may put Paladino down for a hot sec. That's all right. Paladino's treated us very well. He has. He has. It's been it's it's been a lot of fun. So I did also, you did you remember what you were going to say? Um, what were we talking about before? Well, I was disrespecting the '85 Bears by saying that the 2020 Giants, if you put them back in 1985, Saquon Barkley would be Walter Payton. And the, uh, our defensive a, line is just one. I think I had like a run defense joke or something. 
Oh, here's a fun fact. Um, the 2019 Giants, like in terms of the difference between their ranking in terms of pass defense and their ranking in terms of run defense. Now, this is on Football Outsiders. This is on Football Outsiders based off of DVOA, defense value over average, which is just a measurement of like estimating like how good a team is within the certain context of things. So even though you allow 15 yards on a third and 17, that's still kind of a success if the team punts the ball. Whereas... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? No. Whereas allowing 15 yards on a first and 10, that's bad. Right. That's bad. So, right. like, all it basically why all these different analytics sites, they have their own different measurements of things is because all yards aren't created equally. So, the difference between the Giants' rush defense and the Giants' pass defense was the most significant in the NFL. According to Football Outsiders, the Giants were the seventh best rushing defense in 2019. They were the 31st best passing defense in the National Football League. And that discrepancy between 7 and 31 of having, like, one part of your defense be so well and then another aspect of your defense so poor, that was the greatest discrepancy in the National Football League. That's what I saw on Sunday. No, I'm sorry, on Saturday... Saturday night before I went out to MJ's bar, I was looking at Football Outsiders looking for an excuse to get sad because I'm sad about the 2020 Giants oh, because of Baker. And I blame DeAndre Baker. Gorgeous fucking Sunday that I wanted to enjoy. All right, well, you're going to have meatballs after this, so it's okay. Yeah, I am. And by the way, by the way, I don't want to jinx it, but 10 days, Marcus Golden is a New York Giant. Okay. No matter what happens with Marcus Golden, we're going to talk about Marcus Golden always glowingly on this podcast because I was the one and one of the only ones in Giants Twitter last year. I was small, but I was the only one of the only ones hyping him up. And uh, I, I met him, and I, I was a part of the Marcus Golden family for one night during the preseason. Um, <laughs> That's right. And me, right. and me and his father are uh, shout out Marcus Eberhart. We're we're great friends. So, um, snacks. You do you be. have do you have anything else to say? Um, our good friend Anthony would probably want to invest more in the secondary than we did, and um, not having anything with DeAndre Baker. So I'm gonna. Oh, take he's this. very, very upset about DeAndre Baker. Yeah, uh huh. That's where I was going, and uh, we're all upset with him. He was a big believer, be, as we should be. If I see DeAndre Baker in person, I will spit on him. Well, he's gonna shoot you in the face, or he's gonna tell somebody no, else. He's gonna to hold shoot me on gunpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fuck him. Fuck DeAndre Baker. I I can't stand that kid. I can't stand him. And I'm sorry, real real quick, this is exactly how Talking Giants ended last night. I'm sorry. I could see your eyes like, let's stop, let's stop, let's stop. But no. I Justin, I could tell. I know I know you. I haven't known you that long, but I know you. You want to stop, but I'm not going to. How is it possible to have all of these lazy question marks concerning your character and everything like that and trade three picks up into the first round for him? Dave Gettleman has nothing to do with the legal issues. Because he didn't allow a touchdown in the SEC in his senior year. There's a reason he dropped the 30, Justin. Right or wrong? He was the second cornerback taken. In the 30th fucking pick of the first round. Cornerbacks, good cornerbacks don't last that long. They Eh. don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Not today. I'm fucking pissed. You're wrong. I know I'm right. You don't trade three picks for a guy who's got. Character I can't. Issues. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to look back on the DeAndre Baker story because it. It like literally like. In the next, we should make 10 a years, documentary of it. <laughs> in the next ten years of if these walls could talk, because I think every team has an if these walls could talk. It's not just the Giants, right. but it's Ernie Palladino who's the author 
of the Giants version of If These Walls Could Talk. So in the next set for the next, you know, decade, because this is the next decade of Giants stuff, because they're writing the final year in which they're writing is 2013. So it'll be from 2014 to 2024. DeAndre Baker will have his chapter and he'll have his section in a chapter. And it'll be, this will be like the, the Plaxico Burris situation. So except Plaxico was a lot more important. I'm just saying, Uh I'm just, I'm just comparing. Yes. yes, Comparing the criminal situations and having to say goodbye to a player that we desperately need. So we don't desperately need him. Yes, we do. He sucks. Yeah. Sam talked, Tell me about Sam Beal and how great Corey Ballantyne is. Um, uh, I will not tell you either. I can yeah. play. I'll show you more heart than DeAndre Baker ever did. I, I know you would. I know you would. You wouldn't dare fall asleep in meetings. Never. Ever. All right. You definitely, you definitely fall asleep in, a, in BD, BDGE meetings when Nick has a staff meetings. Yeah, no, well, it's when Max starts talking. Then I just, oh, it's when like, Max I starts talking. Sleep. Okay. He's, right. I just can't listen to him. All right. It's impossible. All right, uh, thank you for listening. That's uh, that's Bleeding Blue this week. Um, we will see you next week, uh, two weeks until training camp. God willing, training camp happens. Uh, baseball is going to be coming back, so hopefully sports and everything is going to be happening at a normal rate. Um, and then football can happen. So be well, let's be see. safe. Do, don't don't get the virus. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Sound advice. Thank you guys for always listening. I love you, and I promise I will uh, stop cursing next week. I won't, but I'll try and keep it down. Love yous. Always blue, blue. You got some very, very good news delivered in a very matter-of-fact way. Most right. recent diagnosis. Right. Um, well, I was out to uh, see a movie with my roommate, and I got a call from my dad saying that he wanted to know if the rebate check from Apple was to him <laughs> or to me. Um, and then I said it was mine. Uh, <laughs> can't keep my money. Um, but then, you know, he said, oh, yeah, we met with Dr. Stadden today, too. I was like, okay, well, what did Dr. Stadden say? Um, and he goes, well, he looked at your MRIs, and he said he's, uh, you know, about 99% sure um, that the cancer is completely gone. We call that burying the lead. <laughs> that's, that's tremendous. That's wonderful. You can see what that means to the folks here. Hey, you folks. Dad was kind of a low-key guy, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, very. <laughs> well, talk about, Mark, your road back. I, I saw the look in your eye when you're watching those highlights of, of yourself making plays in the football field. What lies ahead? Because there's still some tough steps to take to get back out there for the Eagles next season. Right. They're... Um there's three chemo sessions left um, over the next five weeks. After that's completed, um, we'll wait a couple weeks, and then they're going to insert a rod through the center of the femur. Um, that'll really balance out the damage done from the radiation and the tumor itself. Get that leg strength back, get back out yeah. there. Get the leg strength back, start running again, and uh, you know, get back out in the field.